fifth episode of season three, Felicia tells a story about the sheer power of the subconscious and how some things need to burn in order to be reborn. I hope you all enjoy Passing Through the Fire, told live by the multidisciplinary, super sultry, Felicia. So I was making us breakfast. (laughs) It had been a tumultuous year, really, um, for... For me, I was crying a lot. I was crying on my way to work every day. I was crying on my way home. Crying all the time, really. And at this point in time, we were really, well, one, I was in a relationship. (laughs) And the relationship was falling apart. It was crumbling. It was going all the way downhill. And It was interesting because we were an unlikely pair. Um, If I had a type, she wasn't it. So as time was going on, you know, even my friends looked at us sideways. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what this was about as time was passing. I I started to realize some things about her. Um, She was betraying me, basically in my own space, um, continuously, consistently. So I was noticing that she was a liar. Um, She was pathological. And I realized that I had to move on. But I hadn't got to that point yet. So I was making us breakfast. And um, I thought, you know, I'm just going to savor the familiarities right now for the time being because this is the last time. Because as soon as my wrath is unleashed, it's not no turning back, okay? So (laughs) that's what I did. Um, A little bit about my history. I'm an artist. My grandfather is in artist in so many ways he sculpts he paints he does everything so he taught me about a lot about what it meant to be an artist what it meant to to channel my emotions to channel something deeper than myself and to move in that and to create in that and so that's what I was doing at the time I was working on a painting it was mixed media Um, I had photographed a portrait of myself in my living room And I did all these photo transfers on this piece of wood that I found. And I was painting layers and layers over top of that. So the painting itself was really visceral and real and intense. I was painting, along with the photos, an image of myself standing in my living room from the waist down. I was unclothed. There was blood flowing down from my legs all all over. There was blood everywhere. It was very Frida. It was puddling around my, the bottom, like around the ground. And I had my heart laying on the ground, lifeless and bleeding. So it was a really um, visceral piece. And so I worked on it every night when I came home from work. So one night I had this feeling and I was like, okay, I put this black, 
paint on my palette and I just took this dry brush and I dipped it in there and then I started brushing around the edges of this painting and I'm just brushing it. I'm not really thinking about it. It's really intuitive. So I'm brushing a frame around this piece and as I'm brushing it, I realize, okay, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm letting it unfold. So time passes, you know, um, at the time I'm living in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, the one person from Baltimore. Okay, so I'm living in Baltimore. I'm living in a historic neighborhood in Baltimore and a beautiful Victorian townhome. So I was on the third floor apartment, beautiful wood floors, amazing. If y'all thinking about Baltimore, it was only $500 a month. Uh, <laughs> so I'm up there and I'm like really, uh, my I have this bed, it's amazing. And I think about that bed when I think about that apartment because it was this huge bed, bigger than a California king. Me and my grandfather built it. Um, and we put lights underneath of it. It was just amazing. And across from that was my studio space. So that's where I made all my work and I work in a lot of different mediums. So I was painting and I was making and I was just in all the fields at the time. And it wasn't but two weeks, around two weeks after I painted the black frame that resembled like soot or the residual from a fire that I was making us breakfast again <laughs> in the morning and it was a beautiful morning I remember it was warm it felt really good I had just cleaned my apartment and obviously I said I was crying every day so the heaviness that I was feeling was kind of lifted on this day and so I'm making this breakfast. I'm checking the turkey bacon in the oven. Okay. I'm checking, you know, I'm flipping the pancakes and I'm ready. And at the time, I was listening to The Weeknd a lot. Uh, his first album, House of Balloons. <laughs> I didn't know y'all would resonate with that because <laughs> it was real. Like, I felt like that album was just it's like he very fluidly was telling this story. And not only did the story unfold fluidly, but it also had all this pain and this grit in it. And so it reminded me of a Shakespearean tale. It was like a modern day Shakespearean tragedy. So the song, I have it blasting through the space and I'm cooking, it's blasting, it's, it's playing through the space and I'm feeling it. You know, grit and bass, I'm just feeling all of it. I'm feeling every aspect of this, this music and it's very fiery music too, so that's interesting. And I'm cooking, I'm continuing to cook and I'm feeling it and I'm moving and I'm cooking. And then all of a sudden, I hear glass breaking and I'm like, what is that? And then I realize the glass is breaking in my apartment. So I run to my bedroom I had lit candles that day. I had the windows open and the music is blaring. <laughs> it's at that moment that I walk into my bedroom and I see that my entire window is inflamed. It's like a ring of fire. 
and I'm trying to figure out what do I do. The glass is breaking, the windows are shattering, and my whole window is in fire. And so I decide, okay, like I have to put this fire out. I can't let this fire burn. Like this is my landlord's apartment. He's lived here for 17 years. All my art is here. I have to put this out. So I first I think, where's Maya, my cat? <laughs> so I run into the dining room and I find her sitting on the dining room chair, just like very eerily, calmly staring at me like this is yours to put out. This is your message. So I'm running and I run to the like down the steps. My landlord lives downstairs and I'm knocking on his door and I'm trying to figure out, is he home? Does he have a fire extinguisher? Like, I don't even know what to do. Um, so I'm knocking on his door, and I realize that he's not home. So it's just me in this fire, okay? So I run upstairs. I run all the way upstairs, and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to put this fire out. So I immediately run to the kitchen. I go to the kitchen. And only pot that I have available because I'm cooking is a 32-ounce small saucepan. So I pull the saucepan out, and I fill it with water. And I run to my bedroom, and I just douse the flames. And then I'm thinking, OK, I run back to the, the kitchen. I fill it with water. I douse the flames again. I do this over and over and over and over and over again, trying to put this fire out. What was interesting about it was that the fire was moving really slowly. Like, when have you ever noticed fire to move slowly? <laughs> it was weird. It was like, OK, this really is a message, like Maya had said. So. I fill up the pot, I'm running back and forth, running back and forth. And I, in the meantime, I, I pick up my phone that's sitting on the kitchen counter. I call 911 and I'm on the phone with the dispatcher and she's like, ma'am, you need to get out the house. And I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> with the same urgency, ma'am, I'm not about to let this house burn down. Like, girl, this, all my stuff is in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> girl, I don't have time for that. So <laughs> I take my pot, you know, and I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. And after about five trips, I run into the room and I douse the last bit of the flames. The flames were creeping up toward the ceiling and finally the fire is out. But the whole apartment is filled with smoke. So I'm choking and I'm coughing. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to do this? I grab Maya's pack carrier and I crawl into the, the kitchen area and I say, Maya, get in. And she gets in without any hesitation. And we go down the steps and I'm on the front porch and I just sigh in relief. And I just burst into tears. And it's at that moment, so the whole time my ex is at the store. <laughs> She getting some stuff. I don't know. She listening to Firebomb by Rihanna. Y'all can listen to that later. <laughs> and listen to the words because it's relevant to this story. Yeah, so she pulls up the fire trucks. I hear the, the fires, the sirens in the distance. They pull up and they rush upstairs. And at that point, I already did the work. <laughs> but... <laughs> They rush upstairs, and my ex pulls up like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And, 
you know, I'm just like distraught at that point, trying to take it all in, trying to understand. And then they come downstairs after like wrecking some of my stuff. Um, and they're like, it's okay for you to go back. So I go upstairs, me and my ex go upstairs, I'm going up slowly. I get into the apartment, it still smells like smoke. And I'm just taking it in. And then I walk into my bedroom and the entire place smells like smoke. And I'm looking at the window and it is, it, it's just this black around the window. And what's crazy about it, not crazy, but synchronistic is that I'm walking through, I go through, and I, I touch the the soot that's on my desk, and I just feel it, and I think, and I'm thinking to myself, and that moment actually birthed some art pieces that I made, and I started to work with charcoal because it was a residual of fire, and it brought fire into my work in this indirect but potent type of way, so... I'm having these moments with this with this residual fire and I start to photograph and I start to notice that like, oh wow, okay, this painting that I did when I was in high school of myself is a portrait and there's a heart burned into it. And I was like, hold up. And then I look further and I see that there's this, this picture that I had of, um, this picture that I had of Deborah Willis's book is called um, Posing Beauty. That's what it was called. And everything was burned away except for beauty. So all that was left was beauty of that image. So there's all these images that I have like that were pinned to the wall next to the window. And it was just beautiful that to see like these messages that were left behind. And then after that, my ex is sitting on my bed and my ex is sitting on my bed and she's just processing it and she's looking at the painting and she's looking at the window and she's looking at the painting and she's looking at the window and she says, oh my goodness, do you realize that your painting looks just like that window? And that's when it hit me. I was like, wow, the painting that I did where I took the black and I did this dry brushing around the edges and it was like a frame. That was exactly almost a replica of the window that had been burned and charred by the fire. So I just felt like that was so deep. It was almost like the painting had, had just foreshadowed what was about to happen. And I painted the painting about two weeks prior. So overall, like the painting and the fire and everything taught me so much about what needed to go, that there was a time for things to be released and there was a time for a shift to happen and that I had to be open and willing for that shift to occur and for it to move through me. And so that's what happened after the fire. I had no choice because spirit didn't come in knocking on the door. Spirit came in and was about to burn the house down. So it was time for me to make some changes. I, it was time for me to really step into my, my space and my power as an empath, as an intuitive, as an artist, um, to really use my work 
for its medicinal potential and also to step into the fullness of who I was. And some of these people around me, including my ex, were not contributing to that potential. So just to say two months later, only two months, I cut all my hair off. I buried myself in the earth. I had a grounding ritual. It's called grounding ceremony. And so I had this ceremonial release of all my hair. I had locks at the time. So I was bald for like seven years after that. And in addition to that, I cut her off and I never talked to her again. Um, (laughs) And um, along with some other people. So, you know, it was just like this cleansing that happened, this fire that really came and purified and released me of all these impurities and all of these things that were not aligned with the true destiny that I had. And ultimately, that happened in a way that I feel like ancestrally and spiritually, spirit was speaking to me, fire was speaking to me and saying that either you do this or there's no turning back, there's nothing. Like, you you have to do this. My life was transformed as a result. I shed my skin. I grieved. It wasn't easy. I processed. I cried. But I also planted new seeds. I bloomed and I blossomed. I shed. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to the fifth episode of season three. There's only two more episodes to go in this season, y'all. You can find more from Felicia on Instagram at Felicia G. That's P-H-Y-L-I-C-I-A-G-H-E-E. And on her website, Felicia G. Carbonmade. That's C-A-R-B-O-N-M-A-D-E dot com slash projects slash 7198078. It's actually specifically under the fire once you go to our website. And as always, every single comment, like, review, share means the world for this podcast. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next week.